Welcome back to the Someone to Tell To podcast. I'm Tom Caden. And I'm Michael Gingrich. So happy to have you join us once again in season three. Before we get into today's conversation, we did want to remind everyone about our annual gathering, which you can find on our website, someone2tellitto.org. For those of you who tune in regularly, you would know that we're a nonprofit organization. Almost nine years ago, when we founded Someone to Tell It To, we made the commitment that we would never turn anyone based on their inability to pay for our time with them. So we have an annual fundraising event, which took place on Saturday, November 7th, virtually. And now it's been up on our website for a couple of weeks. And uh, we just want all of you to take an hour out of your schedules to watch the event. Uh, we hope hopefully be inspired. Since the rise of COVID-19, we're especially excited about the challenge that it presented to doing a virtual event this year. Uh, but we, we found it to be a meaningful time together. This year's program addressed many of the things that we're all feeling in 2020, some of the losses and the disconnections. And so some of the highlights from the event is that we had musicians from Berklee School of Music in Boston, Massachusetts, and other local artists. We had several guest experts from this, the Someone to Tell It To podcast series. We had some testimonies from those who have experienced Someone to Tell It To's compassionate listening services and compassionate listening training seminars and webinars. We had some insightful comments from WHTM TV 27 here in Harrisburg, Central Pennsylvania, uh, ABC 27 news anchor Alicia Richards and Dr. Amber Sessoms, also from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And then lastly, our keynote address was given by Jamia Wilson, who is an author, social commentator and newly appointed vice president and executive editor of Random House Publishers in New York City. And you'll remember that we had Jamia Wilson on our podcast uh, midsummer in 2020, and uh, it was also another meaningful conversation and dialogue. And she just was so inspirational that night. And, and we hope that you can take an hour again out of your schedules to tune into that event. And we're also excited for today's interview. We, um, as always, hope that you'll like it. We hope that there'll be some inspiration for you and that you'll learn something. Uh, we, we enjoy so much being able to connect with people around the world. And, and today's guest is, is from Europe uh, in the Netherlands. And it was, uh, it was really fun to be able to talk with him and connect with him. And as you, you'll learn, we, we'd actually met him before once at a conference that we all attended together. We were seated at the same table for dinner and uh, we reconnected again through this interview. And we're just so glad that we did, so glad that we could. So we, we hope you'll enjoy it very, very much. As I've reflected on our conversation with Victor, one of the things that stood out to me was he talked about one of the obstacles and one of the key obstacles to listening well is our ego and how that can sometimes stand in the way. But he talked about how the ego, something we all deal, deal with is changeable, meaning that we can overcome our ego and, and our essence, our true identity is not something that is changeable. That's actually who we are. So that is the part of the conversation I found to be most beneficial and we think you will as well. So Victor Piral, who is from Hilversum, North Holland in the Netherlands, 
is fascinated by human interaction and has studied the science of listening. He's been training and coaching professionals and organizations in better listening for many years. He says that he connects with people in organizations, connects them with their essence in order to be able to achieve their goals. By listening better, the quality of the interaction is improved and with it, the focus, speed, and job satisfaction in the organization. Victor has written the book, Leadership in Listening, in which he details the seven levels on which listening takes place. So we hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Victor, it's so good to have you on, on the Someone to Tell It To podcast today. And we want to uh, let our our listeners and our viewers know that we have we have met Victor in person. Not sure if you remember, but last year in 2019 in March, we were at uh, the International Listening Association annual convention together. And on the closing night banquet, we sat at the same table together, had dinner and, and shared. It was an evening that we remember well for a, a lot of reasons. One, we, we got an award that evening for listening to the business sector, and we were proud of that. And we got to meet you and, and several other people who were uh, sitting on our table, and just we just had a lovely time. And um, it's really good to be able to talk with you again after all this time and to see you, if not face-to-face, -face, in person, but at least uh, through Zoom. So again, welcome. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yeah, that seems so long ago, doesn't it, in 2019? It, it was an amazing event where all listeners from all over the world came together uh, for our universal language listening and be able to dive deep into that. It, 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 was, it was wonderful. One of the second one for me, but I enjoyed it. So hope 2021 will be another one again. Yeah. Yes, we agree. We hope so. Well, one of the things, Victor, that we like to do with a lot of our guests, especially right now, uh, amidst the pandemic, is just to for for our listeners to get to know you a little bit better. Um, you know, it's kind of a broad question, but just what what's something that uh, has been especially challenging since the pandemic started uh, early 2020, and then maybe what's a silver lining that you've been able to experience as well? Something that's helped you kind of rise above the challenges that you faced? Hmm. Well, maybe it sounds strange, but I, the only challenge I face is the challenge I make up for myself. Because this pandemic crisis has for me been very creative. Once it started, I was um, connecting with the Erasmus University where I trained already uh, some trainings. And then we said, well, we have to do something completely new. So at the start of the pandemic, we uh, developed a whole new online training, uh, leadership in listening for executives. And we, had, we, we did it in a few, just a few months. So I came up with all the, the technical stuff, the content. Well, I already wrote my book, so that was easy. Mm -hmm. But to make it a complete experience for executives where they really become better listeners that was a challenge and that was the challenge we set ourselves and uh, so we did it and uh, we have now our third run 
uh, for a, a new group again. And it's, it's really wonderful. It's really promising. So for me, although it may sound strange, this pandemic has been a remarkable creative time where I've seen a lot of nice things happening. But maybe that's me. Uh, I'm always creating something positive out of whatever comes into my life. Actually, first of all, we want to commend you for that. We think that's fantastic. And, and I guess we'd also say that I, I think it's been that way for us too. It's, yeah. it's um, inspired us to be more creative and to be more flexible and to use platforms such as this uh, far more than we had previously. And we've actually found that challenge to be, you know, you know, to not be bad. That, you know, it's, it's, it's causing us to think in some new ways and to do things in some new ways. And, 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 and that's a good thing. So uh, we're, we're glad to hear that you find this to be an opportunity. And that's the way we're trying our best to look at it too. It is an opportunity. So yeah, congratulations. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. And even the, the, the thing is now an extra thing is that it can be international because yeah. a platform like Zoom, you can connect with everyone over the world, like we did two years ago, 2019 in Canada. Right. We have to fly all over there. Now we can reach everyone with a click of a mouse like we do now. That's yeah. fantastic. And we we love that. We love that too. And to be able to, to talk with people so, so far away from where we are here in the United States is, uh, is a thrill and uh, a privilege. So we're grateful we can do this today with you. Before we move on just from the pandemic, I, I mean, another question is what, what's it been like in, in, in Holland, in the Netherlands? I feel a lot of stress with people. Um, well, Holland is very organized. So our government had strict rules they also are very creative, I guess, um, from partial lockdown till uh, local uh, things they have to do. But it's a kind of new coming together with people because all, although we have a small, very small country, it's really hard when you can't connect with each other face to face, especially with your beloved ones. For example, my father lives in Rotterdam. It's only 80 kilometers away. But now in the first time, it was really hard to really connect because we couldn't visit him. And that broke our hearts. Yeah. And that also is also happening. And um, since I like to work alone, for me, it's not really a problem to, to do that, but be with the ones you love on other places. That's a strange thing. Even yeah. though Holland is so small, because we cannot really move outwards sometimes, that's for me the hardest, hardest thing. And that's also in a, real, a really little country like Holland, where everything is organized or everything, everyone is is capable of doing nearly anything, but that's strange. So, but I guess we are a creative country as well. So we I, talk about I, see, I, see light, I see light at the end of the tunnel, really. 
we we've talked with a lot of people just about we think that there's going to be an element of almost PTSD after the pandemic is over with because there are a lot of people that are dealing with with the the loss of connection with with loved ones. I know here in the United States, Thanksgiving's just right around the corner as we're we're um, recording this episode, and and. Michael and I, before this call began, we were talking about how we're not going to get to see some loved ones over the holidays. And, and that is, that is, it, it is a real challenge. And, um, you know, hopefully we can, we can think big picture and realize that this isn't forever. Yeah. 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 Well, well that, and, and what if it was forever? We could ask ourselves those questions. What if this was the new reality? Hmm. How would we deal with it? Yeah. I think these times, let us ask ourselves those questions. So what is my real purpose in life? If this is how it's going to be, does it change anything? Am I a different person? Is my goal different? How do I connect with people in this way? Well, mm -hmm. I don't know. So... Those were the very positive things of this crisis that we have to ask ourselves those questions. And I like to ask those questions. We've talked about some of those questions too together about how do we, how do we go from here to, no matter what, <laughs> no matter what the new, you know, new way of living, new way of interacting might be. And how do we, how do we use this for the good as yeah. much as we possibly can? Yeah. Um, yeah, very important. So we, we appreciate you raising those same questions mm -hmm. and issues too. Yeah. So yeah. thank you. Yeah. Now uh, we want to talk about listening, and um, you said one of the things that you that we've seen you 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 say or write is that listening demands a lot more from us than we think, and it takes place largely on an unconscious level. That the hardest thing to do about listening is to really be quiet and without internal or ex external noise. So we're going to ask you not to be quiet, but to talk <laughs> about, about that, about being quiet and how do we, how, you know, say more about what that means to find that place within us of quietness where we can truly, truly listen. Wow. The first question about listening, it's one of the best questions you can ever ask. When I asked this question at my son, that time he was six years, it's a few years ago, what is the really hardest part of listening? He talked to me and he said, to be really silent. So another word for quietness is, to me, it's, it's silence. And when I talk about silence, I mention it's beyond our thoughts, the place in ourselves and outside ourselves where there are, there are even no more thoughts or emotions or needs. And of course, they are, but you're not distorted by them anymore. So you really can be in that silent place where all the distortion between you and anyone around you is gone. And when all the distortion is gone, 
you have a connection from the essence, as I call it. Some people might say it's your soul. Some people might say it's silence. For me, it's the essence of every human being and being connected through this essence, we are really one mankind. We are really united as human beings. And to be able to listen from that place, I can tell you that's a whole different kind of listening than listening from our own convictions or our own feelings or our own needs. So that's my answer about being quiet or being silent and then listening. We'd like to talk a little bit about something you just mentioned, essence. And the name of your, your company that you work for is Connessence, if that we got that correct. And you believe that everyone has an essence as we do too. And that if we are connected to our essence, our course will always be the right one. So the question is, is how do we find our essence? How do we connect with it? Wow, another beautiful question. <laughs> this is great, guys. Well, that, that's, I guess, a lifelong journey for all of us. In any case, it is for me. Um, my worldview about people is that we have some different ego parts in ourselves and we can be connected to this essence. And um, what I tried to, to describe in my book is those seven layers of listening. And the real secret is not those seven layers, although the highest level is listening to the silence, but it's changing your orientation from yourself to the other, to the big picture. And it's the same as changing your orientation from ego to personality to essence. And with our consciousness, we can be aware of our ego parts, which says, well, I'm hungry, or he does not supposed to do that, or whatever those forces in ourselves may tell us. And from our neutral personality standpoint, we can choose to connect to those voices and to listen to them, but we can also say, well, I heard you, but now I want to listen to something completely different. I want to be connected with the silence and through this silence with the essence. So it's, it's a partly conscious and a partly unconscious process of making the choice not to listen to your ego voices, but go beyond it, beyond the thoughts, beyond the everything, go to this silence. And when you're really silent, then the voice of the essence will come true. And it comes true like intuitive impressions. Love what you have to say there, uh, especially the part about it being a lifelong journey. 
I know Michael and I were avid readers of all kinds of things, uh, but there's one uh, philosopher slash theologian that we've always connected with. And um, he is especially vulnerable in all of his books throughout his whole life. And I know one of the things we've appreciated is even some of the things that he was working through as a young adult, he was still working through as an older adult. And I think still to your point, trying to find his true essence, which is in some, some ways it's a daily uh, struggle with, with our ego. So we've always connected with, with him and his writings and, and, and to your point, just that th this is a lifelong journey for all of us. Yeah, and, it, and it's, it's easy to explain because as long as we live, we have a body. So we have an ego as well. Mm -hmm. And we will be hungry when we are 80 or 90 as well. So the ego will always be there. Like the essence was always there as well. It's just a process of becoming less and less attached to those ego parts. And, um, but they, they won't disappear. They are there still, like our body is there. But being more and more conscious of the silence in yourself and be able to more easy and easier finding that place of real silence, that's, that's the process. So, um, Yes, we will always be struggling, but we know it's always there. So you can always connect to it any time of the day. This, this, uh, this writer that, that I just mentioned, one of the things he, he made a discipline of is he would say that he would spend 30 minutes every day just resting in his, he used the term belovedness and his true, his true essence. And that was one of the ways they talk about being silent. He had to, that takes a lot of uh, intentionality to, to be silent for 30 minutes and focus on your belovedness. So uh, again, to your point, I think silence is not, is not something we should be taking for granted. It, it, and I think we, we probably do at times. Tom, I want to ask you a question. Who is that author? Yeah, his name is the late Henri Nouwen. Well, that's what I thought. That's what I thought you were talking yeah. about. And so yep. he's from he's from Holland. That's he's, right. from, he's from Victor's country. <laughs> yes. I'm glad you made that connection. Before I said before I said, I just want to make sure that's who you were talking about. Because yes. I didn't want to say that and that was wrong. <laughs> no. Yeah. And the, the nice thing about these times we are living in now, that we see that all kinds of religions or all kinds of group of people recognize this principle as a fundamental part of their um, convictions. And if we connect to this, um, well, what I can say, essence, then we can get rid of all the rules and all the thoughts, but see that this essence, well, if we connect to this essence, well, there's, there's where non-personal love or, or uh, um, without judgment or, 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 or whatever kind of virtues comes out of that will lead us. And um, well, that's, that's the thing of being really human, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Victor, you also write and talk about 
our personas. And uh, you've written that, that, that the ancient Greeks used masks to express characters and emotions. And they called those masks personas. We'd love for you to talk more about what a persona is and how this relates to our essence, how this relates to, and, and as well as to listening. Mm. Mm -hmm. well, I, just, I just mentioned that um, in my worldview, a human being consists of three kind of orientations. Mm -hmm. It's ego, it's personality, and it's essence. And for me, those ego parts, because it's not one big ego, it's just different ego parts. And when you put on, or when you listen to such an ego part, then a persona is coming uh, to get you. For example, when I, I act like the persona of I'm a father, I will listen really differently and I will talk really differently than when I put on or when I listen to my persona or my ego part. I'm a co-worker or I'm a husband or I'm a friend or I'm a shopper at the supermarket. Mm -hmm. So we can connect to those ego parts or persona as you say, and that makes really a difference in our whole system, the way we listen. It's actually an exercise that I perform with my students. I give them the task to, to connect with one another from different personas. And then they experience the total different kind of things they hear, they feel, they say, so it's not one program in our heads which runs, it's our different programs dependent on what kind of persona or what kind of ego part you're connected with. And yeah, for me, the real choice is, do we believe those stories, those personas, or do we see we are not those personas? And yet uh, the question is, what are you then? Yeah, for me, the question is, the essence. So that's my view on what a persona is and uh, how we can connect to them or choose not to do it. We noticed that you, in your research, you stated that that personality can change during a lifetime due to life events. What parts of it change and how can it change? The, and you make the point that the ego is changeable and what parts do not, the essence is something that does not. Could you talk a bit more about that? I think this is the, the, the changeable and the non-changeable part of the persona, but of, of the personality. The personality is, is just the, the body and the, the mind or the, the, the possibility of thinking and the possibility of feeling that we all have. And in a certain extent, we are born with it. We are lucky if we can think fast or run fast or feel much things. And some people can walk a bit slower or think a bit slower. Um, but that's, that's our personality. And um, it changes by the way we train it or we are connected to ego parts or not. That's the changeable part. And I think be behind all those changes, possible changes, the one thing that is not changing 
this is the essence or the silence because everything is bound in silence. And um, yet again, do we want to connect to the changeable part of ourselves or do we connect to the unchangeable part of it? Mm -hmm. It's it's a real simple simple theory actually. When I talk about it, when I hear myself talk about it, it, it sounds simple, but we know it's it's not. It's very profound, and uh, it, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to sit in this a while. <laughs> yeah. Well, so what is the, the the hardest thing for you to understand of it? the hardest thing for us to understand I would say is just how to overcome our, our ego or the things that are changeable. Because I think, as you mentioned, we can have, it's almost like a tape running through our heads uh, of feelings and thoughts and perspectives. And those things are changeable, but how do we, how do we overcome those things to remain true to who we are and our, our and our essence? This is this is our life path, and our life path. I mean, the second level of listening is listening to what we are attending to or not. So it's our it's based on our consciousness, and when we are not conscious of an ego part, that's where it really can, can hit us. Because when we don't know that it's ruling us, then it has power over us. So what I mean by listening to yourself is becoming aware of all those different ego parts. And the more you listen to yourself, yourself the more you become aware of those ego parts. And the more you become aware the bigger the space is for making a choice not to listen to it. And um, for me, this listening to yourself, that's what we have to do all the time. Otherwise, we don't know if any emotion is one of ourselves or one of the people we are listening to, for example. And to see the difference between that, then you have to first listen to yourself. And um, listening to yourself, I guess we cannot do that enough, but not to, to say, yes, ego, I will do what you say, but to really see, okay, this is what my ego wants. This is what his or her ego wants. What do we want together in this big picture for the world or for our purpose or for where we're going to. And so it's, it's a path of becoming more conscious of our ego parts. Michael, as he's describing this, I'm, I'm thinking of the book that we, we, we both have utilized at, at various times that kind of help us keep, keep us grounded. And I'm, I'm, forgive me, I can't remember the name of it. You have it sitting on your shelf somewhere where it just describes our, our, our essence essentially. And, uh, and we both have had to go to that resource at times when kind of those thoughts and, and 
emotions are swirling inside of us. Is it a book called uh, Please Understand Me? Yes, is Please that, Understand Me. Is that the one? Was the one yeah. you're talking about? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 It's perfect. So, um, Victor, ask you uh, what, what, I don't know, it's a simple question, but it, the answer might not be so simple, it might be harder than we think, but uh, two parts. Why should we listen? And why do we want to listen? I think I can only answer it for myself, not for anyone else, but for me, I want to listen because I want to follow the voice of the essence. And I should listen because I'm distorted by the voices of the ego parts. And to make the distinction between those voices, I want and I should have to listen. We, we just mentioned this book a moment ago called Please Understand Me. And we're not sure. Have you ever heard of the Myers, Myers-Briggs personality profile? Yeah. It's just been helpful for us to, to know ourselves better. And, and I was just describing some moments where both of us have been especially vulnerable about certain thoughts or feelings that are external to us. And, uh, and we've had to come back to this resource again to, to, to really stay grounded in who we are. And, and it's nice just to, to read more about how we are uniquely created and how we are wired because we can forget and the world can feed us all kinds of negative messages about ourselves. And so we, we need to, to focus again on, on as, as Henri Nouwen would say, on our belovedness, our, our, our identity, our, our essence. Yeah, I think we all have uh, different ways of doing that. But I know f- for us, that's been another resource that's been helpful. Yeah, I can imagine. Hi, I'm Sharon. And I'm Pensy. We are volunteers at Wonders Found Thrift Shop and proud sponsors of the Someone to Tell It To podcasts. Wonders Found is a totally volunteer-run thrift shop begun to support our mission team as they rebuild homes in disaster areas. We also support local missions and people experiencing homelessness, veterans, and children and youth outreaches. We provide clothing and household items to families displaced by fire or flood. You can learn more at our website, mountcalvaryumc.org backslash wondersfound, or stop in to see what wonders you will find at 7810 Allentown Boulevard. God bless. So we, we now want to talk about another resource, and it's yours, your book, Leadership in Listening. Hmm. Talk to us all about why, first, why you wrote it and what it means to you. You got so much interesting questions. <laughs> um, why did I uh, write it? Well, my whole life, I've been more a listener than a talker. 
in terms of the MBTI. I'm more introverted preferences. And as um, are we. <laughs> yes, I think the most listeners are. And um, all my uh, work, my whole life was something about listening. I was, I was an auditor, auditor, listening to organizations. I was a psychotherapist, listening to clients. So in every occupation, there was a part of listening. And at a certain time I became a trainer and I want to share uh, knowledge or um, what you can do to become a better listener. And there was always too little time to make, to, 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 to make them understand how big this thing is in listening. Well, and then my former manager said to me, well, then I think you have to write it all down. <laughs> and uh, that was 10 years ago, I guess. And I thought, well, well, maybe I should just start with it. And it was a very intensive process because every time I read something, because I, I read very much scientific information to make a model which covered all my, my thoughts, all my feelings. Um, one of the, the, the strange points in this path was that even at the ILA, International Listening Association, there was not such a thing as a complete architecture of listening. I couldn't find it. So, well, I thought, then I have to do my best effort to make such a thing. And that's why I built all those layers and those, all those orientations so we could cover from so much different angles um, the art of listening into one model or, or one book. And so when I train now, I just give first this book to the students and we, they don't have to read it all, but we can read it and experiment with it at the same time. And that's, I guess, for me, it works out in a good way. And now we are performing those trainings and we are testing it scientifically and we'll hope by time we can say, well, this is a way you really can become a better listener and it's tested scientifically. Then we have got a method. Well, it's not, I would not say this is the method, but it's one method where people can become better listeners. We probably agree our own in our own journey. It's kind of worked out like that as well. Uh, we, we started someone to tell to almost nine years ago. And the first five years, I mean, in a lot of ways, it was just Michael and I doing the direct listening to individuals and groups and organizations. And then now in the last several years, we've expanded our team. 
And in the last two to three years, uh, we, we now have a training program that is available to organizations and groups. And I think we, we have always been hopefully absolutely uh, modeling these values that we have, but then to actually formalize it into a, a program for people that they could have access to was something that we had enough people who, who said to us, you really need to do this, that it, it was time. And so like you, we just, we kind of listened to those external voices, especially when they were coming from multiple sources and we paid attention and, and now we have a, a program that is also made available and there probably is a lot of overlap, but I think we're all in agreement here and everyone else at the International Listening Association that listening is so broad and there's so much to talk about. Uh, even yesterday, I know uh, through our organization, we have a, a 10 tips for listening handout that we give to a lot of individuals and groups. And I know the ILA, the International Listening Association posted a 10 tips for listening worksheet yesterday, and it was very, um, very different in, in some ways than the one that we've created. And there were there were some similarities, but there were also some differences. And it just goes to show that listening is so much broader than most people probably have any idea. Yeah, for example, when you listen to your emotions, it's a real different way of listening than when you listen to words or to thoughts or to needs. And when you're not aware that those things are different, then you think, well, I just have to listen to the words and then I know everything, but it's not the case. So there are so different kinds of resources in ourselves that we have to attend to. For example, our consciousness or our body, if we feel something or uh, our, with our eyes, we can, we can listen with our whole body. And um, until we recognize it and we describe a, a, a global um, universal way of well, all those different aspects, then we all always can speak a different language than that one say, well, we have to listen this way and then the other one, we have to listen that way. It would be nice if we come together step by step and see, well, for you, this works better. And for you, this works better because you're wired this way with this personality and you wired that way with that personality, of course. But for the to listen to the essence, and that's the interesting part, everyone can do that. Becoming silent is becoming, get rid of all those different kinds of listening or of all those different kinds of voices or all different kinds of signals. And that's a universal thing. But then all the difference is gone. But try to to measure it scientifically, that's a very hard thing. But that's exactly what we're trying to do now in a program where we, I'm, uh, 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 well, I'm taking part in, in different organizations to see that when you change your orientation from yourself to the other, to the essence, you can become a better listener at all those different listening levels. And I hope it works out. I don't know, but 
that's that's how I see this uh, world of listening at this moment. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk about those different levels of listening. You you write about them in your book, and we'd like to hear more. You've already alluded to to, to several of them, and uh, we, we'd like to hear some more details about what these seven levels are. And you have two lists, one for professionals and one for the everyday people. <laughs> However you want to talk about this is fine, but the, and they, they, they certainly overlap and, and connect. Yeah. So, but please talk about these seven levels and, and, and what they mean to you. Yeah. Well, um, I came with the idea with different layers, also from other authors. For example, Stephen Covey has some levels, and there are other authors, there are all, but none of them had seven. And I missed in every theoretical framework, I missed some levels. So I put everything I knew together, and then I said, well, we have to add this level, and we had to add this level. For example, listening to silence, I, I nearly couldn't find it in any theoretical model. Mm. So I try to make a framework where every kind of signal you can listen to was incorporated in. And one of the main ideas is that we can be distorted in listening to a certain kind of signal. And the seven signals or the seven kind of distortions we can listen to. And they are ordered in a, in a certain kind of way because the lowest levels are more, we are more closed, listening more to ourselves. And the higher levels, higher levels, we are more open and can listen more to the bigger picture as well. So the first one is listening to your own energy management. Because when you don't have energy, you cannot listen at all to no one. So first, take care of yourself and see if your energy is flowing away or if you get energy from a certain subject you're talking about or you're listening to. So we can do that constant during a talk or during a conversation or during a meeting. Check in with yourself, with your body. Do I feel pain? Is it relief? Do I get energy from the subject? Or from your thoughts, the, the, the energy from your thoughts? Is it busy in my head or is it just quiet? And does my thoughts, do they give me energy or do they cost me energy? So in all four, uh, in all four rooms of ourselves, our thoughts, our emotions, our body and the fourth room I call the purpose level, the meaning level, you can get energy or lose energy. So listening to this energy is the first level. May I co comment on that quickly before we move yeah. on? Yeah. Actually an article that I had written in the International Listening Association Journal was uh, a blog I had written a couple of years ago entitled taking the long way home to be a better listener. 
I don't know if you ever read it, but essentially in the, the article I, I wrote about Michael and I, one of the things that we do, we're, we're able to perform a lot of funeral services for a lot of folks based on our training as, as pastors. And we had performed a, a funeral cer- ceremony for uh, a young man who had taken his own life. And, and, uh, and it was an especially hard day. It was a hard, hard service to lead. And I, we both live in opposite directions from where we were leading the, the funeral service. And I have a probably around a 45 minute drive home. And on my way home, I have the choice every day if I'm going to take uh, the highway home, which is usually generally quicker if there's no accidents, or I can take the longer way home, which is the country back roads of central Pennsylvania in the state we, we live in. And on, on certain days, I take the, I say, I said in the article that I take the long way home to be a better listener because I have this, um, this idea in my head as I'm driving the long way home through these country back roads of almost littering the highway with these thoughts that I have and other kind of baggage that I'm carrying before I come home to interact with my wife and our, and our four, four small kids in order to be a better listener at home. And, and I think for all of us, I think your point's such a valid one. We need those, those parameters to set for ourselves. And sometimes it means being honest to say, you know, I just can't listen right now the way that I know you need me to, but can we come back to this at another point in time? Yeah, true. True. And then the second level is about consciousness. It's about attention. Are we uh, having our attention in this moment? Or do we let our attention fly fly away because of something we think about or something we feel? So the first level of the distortion is the energy or the lack of energy. And the second distortion is is the lack of attention. So where is my orientation is it with myself with my own thoughts with the, with the other one or am i where where am i and then the third level is about listening to needs and needs for myself what's my need listening to the need of the other person and are we able when we change from my needs to your needs are we able to go to that place where we can put both of our needs on the table, walk around it, see it from different angles and see, well, those are our needs. What does the universe want from us? Or what does this organization want from us? Put it together and try to win-win a situation to find it. Um, That's listening to needs and we are not used to specify our needs before we talk because we think we know what we want or we know what I want myself. But as I said before, if we got different ego parts, do we really know what all those ego parts want from us? I don't think so. And the same with the other person. But when you are clear about that, then you can listen to both of our needs and make sure that whatever happens will fulfill the needs of everyone to the extent that is possible. So listening to needs. 
And the fourth level is listening to emotions. My emotions, empathically listen to your emotions. And when we try to connect with the essence, can we listen with of non-personal love? Can we listen with non-personal love? And that means I listen to your emotion, not because you are Tom and I like you, but because you are a human being and whatever emotions you have, they're welcome. And it's easier to do that when we listen from the, from the essence. So on all those three levels, you can listen from your ego, from the personality or from the essence. You can listen mm -hmm. to yourself, to the other, to the big picture. So every time those three steps is getting rid of the distortion, do it by changing your orientation in those three directions. The fifth level is about cognitions, our thoughts, our convictions. And um, I have my convictions, like uh, I'm a good listener, or I'm a bad listener, or I'm a good father or whatever. And but to really listen to your convictions, I have to get rid of my own convictions for a while because otherwise it's hard to be inspired by your ideas. And when we listen from the big picture or from the essence, then we listen without judgment. We are really open to whatever convictions come across. However strange this idea may seem. The sixth level it's a specific level, it's about creativity. And that's, there we listen to the unknown. And then I mean, when we listen on the fifth level and we hear something new, we say, well, you say that, but it's not true or blah, blah, blah. And when we listen on the sixth level, we hear something new. That's interesting. Tell me more because it's new and I want to know more instead of, I do not agree. So it's, uh, it's on the fifth level is yes, but, and on the sixth level is yes, and. It's, it's, a, it's, it's there where creation starts. And listening or creation from the essence is listening with self-surrender. And the distortion of our, uh, well, egoism, is, is gone when you can stand in self-surrender. And when you're doing that, then you enter the seventh level and that's listening to silence, to that place of silence in yourself. And when you connect with the silence with someone else, you enter this silence field or this space of silence. And strangely, the, the essence part of the silence, there the intuitions comes across. Then something speaks and it's not from your unconsciousness, it's just something that's very, very silent voice from the essence. When you're totally silent, you do not want anything you don't think anything, 
but can you listen to that silent voice? And it's, it's always there when you really become silent. Now, we got seven levels and we got three directions, but from left to right, it's the same from bottom up. So from one to seven, it's from, it's the same as we listen from ourselves to the essence. So on all those seven levels, when we are listening in silence, we can adjust it to, uh, for example, the empathical level, when we're listening in silence at the empathical level, then we, be, we enter the space of the non-personal love. And when we're listening in silence at the cognitive level, we enter the space of without judgment and so on. So from bottom up, it's the same as from left to right in, in the model. Well, that's all folks. <laughs> <laughs> Someone we probably all resonate with was the Dalai Lama. Yeah. And, uh, and, and the Dalai Lama has written, when you talk, you are only repeating what you already know, but if you listen, you could learn something new. And uh, the reason we wanted to end today with that is because you, in a lot of ways, have uh, taken us to school today and everyone who is listening um, through your book and through your writing and speaking. Um, thank you. Thank you for sharing your essence with us today and, and to all of our listeners. Um, maybe a, a way to end today's conversation in, in relation to the Dalai Lama's quote is what's something new that uh, you're learning through your writing and your speaking? Uh, listening to the essence, it is always new. What I experience in that place, well, it's every day really new. And being in, in this place of renewal, or maybe that's the essence of life, I don't know, but for me, um, I think you hit the core there with this question because being really in this new place and listen as if you hear something for the very first time, for example, very new, very open, that's a very vulnerable way of listening. It's very open. And that is never boring or never uh, the same as yesterday. It's every day really new. So for me, it's really about this way of being open for new things. So thank you very much for this question. It was a very, very nice one. Well, and well, thank you for this interview because you've opened my heart with your questions. It's really wonderful how you approach me and uh i'm really touched by it so thank you for that thank you thank you we we are we love the way you approach this and the things you've written and and your message about listening and the depth that it 
that it can take, that it needs to take, so that we truly can hear what we need to hear and grow in the ways we need to grow and connect in all the ways we need to connect. And what you are doing, what you are teaching, what you are sharing, we think helps helps to us all to understand better and to grow in the way we listen and why we listen to ourselves and to one another. It really is about connection and finding that connection in in this kind of way is very powerful. So thank you. We'll come to your school anytime. Yeah. <laughs> well, now you, now you mentioned that maybe we should have a a group of people from the United States in the same time zone that we have a class of people who think likewise and share each other thoughts about it because mm. sharing is multiplying for me. I would really like to do that. We um, like you have an agenda in 2021. We like this. <laughs> we, we like this challenge and this invitation. Uh, we will, let's. We will do. We promise. We will do some thinking about this and reflecting, and kind of figure out what what could happen, what we could do. I'm yeah, open we, for the new things. Yeah, and we're just we're always grateful for just ordained connections in life, and and from the moment we first sat at your table. Uh, in 2019 at the ILA conference, we've, we've uh, really felt a special synergy and, and resonated with, with you and your essence. So, so thank you for, for being who you are. Wow. Thanks. Thanks a lot. And well, for me, it feels the same. Really, this, this, this interview, I didn't, didn't expect it go that deep. And um, if this is what listening is about, and I'm happy to be in this place of listening. Mm, we are too. So are we. It's what it's about for us. And we recognize that in you too. Thank you. Thanks, Victor. Thank you. And uh, have a nice day. You have a nice evening <laughs> as well. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, uh, Bye-bye. Once again, just thank you for listening to this this interview. We enjoyed it so much, and it, one of the things that we that we really enjoyed and were surprised by at the same time was that Victor asked us, you know, was asking us questions too, and and that we were able to to, to dig deeper, deeper than and sometimes we we get the opportunity to, with with another professional in listening to go to places where where we can really talk about what it means to to nurture the the essence of other people i mean following this conversation that we had online we talked privately with with victor and we were all all three of us are very interested in seeing how we might still be able to collaborate together even though we're on different continents around the world that we can bring people together when we do focus on on what is most vital to them, what is their essence. And so we look forward to seeing what we can do in this new year uh, to, to work with him, to collaborate, and to help people find their essence for their lives. And just uh, before we close today, just another reminder, if you get a chance, go to our website, someone2tellitto.org. Uh, we would love for you to watch our annual event, which occurred on November 7th. It's an hour 
program and we hope be inspired and, and continue to learn more about what Summit of Teltu is doing in the world and this movement of compassionate listening and presence that Victor is a part of, that we're a part of, that so many other organizations are a part of around the world that you can be a part of too. Another plug for uh, an organization called the International Listening Association. You have probably heard us reference the International Listening Association in several of our podcast episodes the last couple months. And uh, we would love for you to become a part of the ILA just as we are through someone to tell it to. It's practitioners and professionals and academics from around the world, more than 30 countries who love to catalyze this movement of listening well and with intention. So thanks again for tuning in. And we look forward to seeing you again in the very near future. We have more insightful and we hope meaningful conversations in store for, for all of us. So until we listen again. Bye.